0: Welcome to the second in our series of podcasts on America in the 1920s. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the causes of the economic boom in the 1920s. And because it's quite a large topic, there's three of us here to kick around some ideas and see if we can come to some sort of a, an agreement on what the main factors that led to it are. So, does anybody want to kick off with anything they feel particularly strongly about? Yeah, I,
1: I think before we start, we just need to make it really clear... That all the causes we're going to talk about today are connected in some way. Yes. And it's very difficult to make a judgment on what is the most important. Yes. But as long as you listen carefully and you get all of these into your head, then you'll be able to answer any question really, which relates to the economic boom. So there's lots and lots to go through. They are all connected in some way.
0: Um, I, I would actually kick off and say that one of the things that I would suggest is that you make sure you're comfortable with the cycle of prosperity, mm. because the cycle of prosperity l- is what links a lot of these together yeah. with the knock-on effect, this idea of cause and effect. Yeah. And we could end with that, actually. Yes. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, shall we kick off chronologically, then, with the First World War? Yes, yeah,
1: start at the beginning. Yeah? yeah. Okay. So,
0: okay. First World War, 1914 to 1918, and what sort of uh, situation does America find itself in afterwards?
2: So America is got huge profits from the great war. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of money selling I mean they supplied Europe with with weapons. Yeah. They made a hell of a lot of money and they they're they're away from it. Yes. Also that's so they very don't have true. The, the the knock-on effects of that as well. It may, it's profitable for America. And I suppose really. gaps
0: in the market as well, is something, isn't it?
1: Yeah, definitely. You, you, yeah. America when, when the European countries are distracted by this war, they take their eye off of their colonial markets or overseas markets and america being a you know a fully functioning capitalist country without any of these distractions they're able to to sneak into these markets tap into them and essentially take over as the main trading partner for these various parts of the world so you know britain and france they lose out in this respect because they're too busy fighting this war and America are taking advantage of it in trading with their old allies. And
2: then at the end, Britain, France, and Italy—they owe them so much money. Yeah, that they've lost this yeah. trade, and they owe them more money. A, a good, a good
0: example to use when we're talking about the the gaps in the market and America expanding is, is uh, chemicals, of course, mm. because before the war, um, Germany is one of the leading uh, yeah. developers of chemi- uh, chemical compounds, uh, IG Farben and what have you, and. Um, after the war it's America because they've simply come in and taken over those markets mm-hmm.
1: and I think you know it, we start here the First World War was also another underlying factor and that's the raw materials that America has you know yes, we're talking exactly. about this, no, an enormous definitely. country yeah. um, where it's not just though the actual materials between the ground which there are many so you've got coal iron yeah oil, lots and lots of gold. fertile agriculture, yeah, yeah gold, gold, of course. Um, but it's also got an enormous workforce, yeah. which is being swelled in yeah, the run-up to is. the 20s yeah, from yeah. immigration, which yeah. is another one yeah. of your key topics that you'll be studying. So there's a clear link there. Um, so, um, you know, with this combination of lots of raw materials, of a keen and growing workforce who are willing to to work hard, and the fact that America's main competitors are taken out of the running because of this conflict, I think that they're your your background, yeah, um, yeah. elements which yeah. help explain the boom. All
0: right. So if we take it from if we move on then from the background elements, the things that are just there, and let's have a little look at technology then, because obviously we're, we're dealing with one major technological breakthrough here, yeah, which is. Uh, mass production does somebody want to talk us through how mass production works
2: yeah um, so the mass production is being able to produce more things so they have the conveyor belt they introduced Um, and just producing large quantities of goods fast and quickly yeah and the more you produce the more you have to sell yeah and the more money you can make Um, it allows more jobs and i mean with the going back to the raw materials, they have the raw materials there to build the factories to then put people in work and make these things on mass yeah. and I mean the number of products that were now produced on mass just rocketed
0: yeah, yeah. The, the the key thing with the with the mass production is. The reason it's so fast is instead of one skilled craftsman making a thing over a course of days, you've got a number of unskilled workers mm. who do not have to go to the job. The job comes to them. They're standing in a line, the product moves along, and each person does one small thing. Yeah. And the speed with which they're producing it is absolutely phenomenal, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and, and, and just before we carry on with the speed as well, don't forget with, with this increased pace... And because you're making more and because you've got unskilled workers tapping into that growing immigrant community, for example, you don't have to pay them huge no. amounts of wages no, no, either. No, 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 no. And um, so your overheads come down. Yeah. And so therefore you're able to sell these goods more cheaply mm-hmm. and because they're cheaper, they're more affordable. And because you've got more people in work with wages, yeah. more yeah. people want to buy them, yeah. you're know, linking into this cycle of prosperity that it's, we mentioned It's a earlier. perfect example yeah. Yeah.
0: of supply and demand mm-hmm. both increasing at the same time and supporting each other in the increase. Mm-hmm. And I, so... Shall we Shall we talk about the big example of mass production? Yeah, I think we have two. Yeah. Which is Mr. making a big difference here. Which is, of course, yeah, it's the Ford. Yeah. It's, it's Henry Ford. It's the Model, Model T, T Ford. Only
2: yep. yeah. in black.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the reason, of course, it's only in black is because that's the only paint that will dry fast enough for the mass production. It's very difficult for people in this country, I think, to understand the importance of a car in America simply because we're not used to the size of yeah. the country. It's a very rural population, isn't it? Yeah, and yep. Um And so the car is not just a status symbol, but it also gives freedom. Yeah, it's very and, practical.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and you know with this with the car being such a, a popular um, sort of as you say status symbol, but something that most people want, you know, it sort of drives forward the demand as well, mm. and then. It has an impact on other industries as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because you have not just got more people working for Ford, but then you have more people working in the steel industry to provide mm. the body of the car. You're Mining more, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, the oil industry, you know, Texas yeah. oil fields, they benefit from this because yeah. of the, the use in the cars. Um, glass yeah industry leather Leather leather.
0: and then the infrastructure of roads that need to be built diners motels all these other industries that are kickstarted by the it's incredible isn't it it's it's
1: snowball effect it just gets you know it, it impacts on so many different elements and it links into something else another topic entertainment doesn't it because if you're going to go to um, see a sports game yeah, you or you're going to go to the cinema if yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you a can do whole day out for the whole family now You, know? you yeah, can, yeah. And so these industries they also boom yeah. as a direct result and in connection into this increase in car ownership yeah.
0: which I suppose then that that, um, that leads into we've got this boom going and then we've got higher employment haven't we yes that's the key thing that's happening here once you start getting these industries picking up there's more jobs out there
1: yep yeah. So yes, and there's two aspects to that, isn't there? Because not only is there low unemployment now, uh, which means that there's more money um, in the system. So again, it links into this cycle of prosperity. People putting back in and taking out. Um, But you mentioned as well, other industries are benefiting from these techniques too. Yeah. You know, so other goods like vacuum cleaners and fridges and radios, they are all being produced now (laughs) using this new mass production. Yeah. And all of those goods become cheaper as well. So And
0: those that rise in consumer goods is mm. of course matched by the importance of advertising. Right, I was just about yeah.
2: to say that, yeah. So there's there's magazines, there's the cinemas that people now go to, there's mm. billboards, all of these things that are uh mail order, things like this. You can mm. you can advertise your products everywhere and you can buy your products. It's,
0: it's, all over. Again, it's another one of those don't underestimate the importance of seers. Mm. Because for these people who live in out in the middle of nowhere in Iowa, this catalog that arrives, the new catalog, it becomes mm. an event. It becomes a thing yeah. where you get it and you look at the new things that are available, and it's it's aspirational. It's selling a lifestyle. Yeah. It's yeah. selling You're keeping up with the Joneses.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, and uh, you know you can lump all of these things together as well, like new methods or or ways to encourage consumerism. Yeah, because you know advertising is key. They use the as many techniques you still use them today, you know, the idea that sex sales and collab. Product placement and
2: people in cinema using products is still twenties is
1: where this is born and then you've got these cinema, radio, new technology, you can also advertise on that. And then of course other ways in which it's encouraged is through higher purchase. Yeah. so you yes. yeah, another link and another way in which yeah. the boom is encouraged so
0: so you've got higher purchase and the high purchase is the idea you put a deposit down on something and then you pay a, a monthly instalment with some interest added on and at the end of the term the item is yours that basically means you can take the cost of a car which is let's say $300 you can mm-hmm. spread it out over four years and you'll probably pay maybe five hundred dollars for the car, but it's affordable in a way that mm. it wasn't when you had to put the cash down up front. And there's cheap loans as well at yep. the same time. Basically, yes. credit, money being lent to you by banks, is very, very available. Yes. Yeah. Very, because there's mm. a lot of money sloshing around the system. All the institutions are very solvent. They're very willing to lend.
1: Yeah. And that you know, there's there's two aspects to that. There's it on a more personal level where you can borrow the money to buy the products. Or is a much bigger level where the banks are using, or businesses, I should say, are using the banks to borrow oh, and yeah. set up businesses, improve their efficiency of their mass production lines, yeah. and so on. So it works on two levels: a yeah. very higher level, yeah. and then at the more personal
0: level. That and been. I suppose the other, the other thing about the higher purchase is that higher purchase improves people's buying power. But mm. the other thing that's affecting people's buying power is that. Prices are staying stable because yep. of the cheapness of producing things through mass production. Yeah. Whilst at the
2: same time, of course, something else is happening. Yeah, the, the wages. Yeah. The wages go up and things stay the same. So your real wages, your, yeah. your wages compared to the cost of living, yeah. is a better figure than it was before. It's better yeah. for you.
1: Yeah, and that's really important to, to make that as well, that point. Yeah. Because, you know people working on these production lines, they're not paid a wonderful amount of money, but in comparison to what people were being paid before Mm -hmm. and how expensive and unaffordable yeah. things were mm. with the new techniques all of a sudden your cost of living is it's much more affordable roughly, yeah, so yeah, so like yeah. The, the yeah. Real and manages, yeah. again
0: another important point is the fact that because the economy is booming because the factories are going because there's a lot of jobs people feel secure and they feel comfortable mm. and they are therefore more likely to actually spend money mm. on consumer goods when the, when the economy is dodgy people save yeah. when the economy is strong people spend Yeah,
1: yeah. I think that I just want to make a point here as well though because we, we've sort of lumped all these new ways of encouraging consumerism and industries together but there is this idea of weak unions as well yeah. with worker rights mm. um, and it's probably most keenly felt in the car industry Ford employed bully boys to break yeah. up you know union meetings yeah. or discourage people from uh, joining unions, and eventually they banned unions from the car industry altogether. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was there was nothing wrong with that at the time. They didn't see anything no. wrong with it. Employers were perfectly allowed to use yeah. violence to break up strikes, to refuse to employ union members. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's just temper the sort of enthusiasm of well, yes, this, this is a great this, time yeah, for yeah, all. Yeah. But, it's not, this,
0: this brings yeah. us to the, the political yeah. side of this, because one yes. of the reasons the unions are so weak is mm. that we're dealing with a, a, a string of Republican governments yeah. yes. who are very much pro-business. They obviously want the unions to be weak, not only because it's good for business, but also because it hampers the Democratic Party in their attempts to gain political influence as well. Yeah. So you get these... Uh, policies, not just directed at the unions, of course, but I suppose this is a point where we should talk about laissez-faire. Yeah. Yes. yes, I'm the poster boy for laissez-faire, of course, being Calvin Coolidge, mm. Captain. I will sleep twelve hours a night and have an afternoon nap. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. and the business of America is business. Yes. That is his. Yes. That's his mantra, you know. And mm. so, yeah, the, the idea behind laissez-faire, it, it, you know, it applies to all sort of areas of life. But if we're going to look at it purely from an economic perspective, it's you just allow business. To, to get, get on, on with yeah. the business yeah. of business. Yeah. And you try to make it as easy for business and industry to do yeah. that. And the, one of the ways in which they do that is by introducing protectionism, um, which is the tariff system. Yes.
0: Fordney-McCumber, then. Yes. <laughs> let's let's <Yeah>. talk about <laughs> Fordney-McCumber, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1922. So, um, for those people that aren't quite familiar and need a reminder... Uh, A tariff is a tax that you put on imports. So basically, any goods that are coming into your country from outside, you put an import on. Now, in terms of international trade these days, uh, a tariff of 5% is seen as pretty, that's pretty hefty stuff. That's that's getting close towards a trade war if you do a 5%. Fordney-McCumber, okay. then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, what, what, what was, because I can't remember off the top of my head, what was the... The...
0: Average, the average increase was 35%. There you go, 35%. It was a sliding yeah. scale depending yeah. on the, uh, the goods, yeah. so they could particularly protect certain industries. Yeah. So, for example, chemicals, yeah. which we talked about before, was one of the big ones that was protected. Yeah. But the interesting thing, once the law is passed it is down to the president who is allowed to put these tariffs up or take mm. them down. Yeah. Um, and throughout the entirety of it, I think it's moved somewhere in the region of 30 or so times, yeah. and 28 of those times it's, it's up.
1: up. Yeah. And that, that sliding scale, because if you want to break down the fordney mccumber tariff into its constituent parts, that was known as the American selling price, where they were able to move... The tariffs up and down. And then there was a scientific tariff, which was, I, I think it was like a general equation that worked out how to yeah. always ensure that foreign goods were more expensive yeah. than. Um, American, American goods yeah. I mean that's getting quite technical it's, it's, yeah. it's sufficient to know that it's the Fordley and Becumber tariff yeah just, just to status.
0: just to go back to the basic point just that we're clear on it mm-hmm. the idea of protectionism is that you make foreign goods more expensive mm-hmm. so that people in your country will buy homemade yeah. goods I think it's worthwhile just,
1: yeah. just to, and so uh, and uh, it encourages it. the production of yeah. American goods and of course then because they're cheaper people buy them yeah Mm-hmm. Um, there's one last thing though, and I think it's apt to end on it really, which is the idea of, of confidence in the economy yes. and yeah. speculation, because it yeah. does eventually lead to the unravelling of this entire System. economic boom. Mm-hmm. So, you want to explain how the stock market works?
0: Go on, I'll uh, do it then. Yeah, yeah I'm, going. I'm fighting on with this. <laughs> yeah. uh, right, so basically, the idea is that. If you have a business and you want to expand your business and you want to do, uh, you want to improve your uh, equipment or processes, and you need to raise some capital, I can sell shares in my business, and I will sell those for a a given value per percentage share in the business. Those are sold and traded on the stock market. People buy them, and at the end of a year, they get a share of my profits. Mm in line with the percentage of the shares that they own in the business. That's called a dividend. And if my business is doing well, the value of the shares will go up, and so you can sell them and make a profit on how much you got them for. Yeah. So that's Shares 101. So do you now want to talk about the growth in the stock market?
1: Right, okay. So with this um, obvious ability to make vast sums of money very quickly, mm-hmm. you ended up with people, what we call speculating on the stock market, And what this is, is where you buy shares in companies that you feel, or you might have some insider knowledge, Mm -hmm. are going to become more successful. And so therefore the value of their shares are going to rise. Um, So you would buy the shares, maybe buy 100 shares, and then you wait for several months or however long it is it takes. You watch the stock market very carefully. And then when the share prices reach a level that you're happy with, you then sell them and you hopefully will make a profit. And then you go back and you reinvest and you keep doing this over and over again. So that's what speculating is. It's this idea. It's kind of like gambling. You're buying a share in a company and you're hoping that that share is going to rise. Obviously, it doesn't always. It can go down. But in America, it's a bull market. So it's always rising. it seems to be always rising in the 1920s. And the
0: reason people are doing it is because from 1920 to 1929, average earnings go up by 110%. Mm. That's a phenomenal rise. But at the same time, the value of shares, the dividend paid out to shareholders, goes up by 160%. So you can actually make more money... Off shares mm. than you can yeah. off making a living doing an honest day's work. Mm.
1: So, this is, this is what makes it so attractive mm. yeah. as, a, as a way to, to get rich. In fact, yeah. I can't remember who it is who says it, but anyone ought to get rich is yeah. another quote from maybe one of the presidents, I'm not quite sure who. The,
0: the, one, the one little danger sign which we won't look at at the moment, but we will come back to later, but it was there for those people who could see it, was that the dividends that were being paid out to shareholders the rate of that was outstripping the rate of growth in company profits. Yeah. And that's just a little warning sign we'd like mm-hmm. you to remember because we're going to come back to yeah, that. In another yeah, yeah. in another uh, episode.
1: So there's one last thing really to talk about this. It's such an attractive way of making money mm-hmm. that even people who really can't afford yeah. to do it yeah, want means. to get involved. Yeah. But this links into banks and credit. They are given away of speculating on the stock market. And it's known yeah. as buying on the margin. Mm. Anyone want to take that one?
2: Yeah, so buying on the margin, they would, um, they would pay just the 10% of the stock price. Am I correct? And then the 90% would be given to them by a bank or would be loaned to them by a bank. Yeah. Therefore, putting them in that debt with the bank, To the, their money goes on the stock market and what can happen to it?
1: Yeah, so the, the idea would be that the price would go up then you mm-hmm. sell yeah. the the, the shares. Yeah. you pay back the 90%. bank to ninety percent, and then you keep whatever profit you yeah. have. Yeah. but of course you've mentioned there is a problem. You are indebted now. Yeah, and if the price doesn't go up,
0: yes, you've got a problem. You big trouble.
1: trouble. Yeah, and I think it's worth pointing out here that people didn't do this half-heartedly. There were people who yeah. remortgaged yeah. their houses. Because, put, they're seeing, putting, yeah, because they're yeah, seeing the confidence
2: that yeah. now, so everything's going yes. up Every like everyone ought to be rich yeah. therefore I can well, I, I spend think that, all my the, money
0: on the it. thing here is it's one of those things that history always repeats itself this is what you call a bubble yeah. and yeah. when people are in a bubble whether it's, whether it's the South Seas whether it's tulips whether it's uh, America in the 1920s because things have been this way for the last four or five years everybody assumes yeah. that they will always Continue. be this way hmm. And that's that's the classic mistake. Um, if history teaches anything, is that change is coming and it's going to be nasty. So, what then? Can we can we can we zero in? We can we can look at some broad themes here, can't
1: we? Yeah, I was I was going to suggest. I mean, you, you can you can say there's underlying factors. Yeah, like the First World War, the resources with the raw yeah. materials, but also we could add to that, you know, the general sort of laissez faire. Yeah. Um, feeling yeah, if you like but true. it's yeah you've got these background issues yeah you have got
0: political which yeah. is your laissez-faire republican governments and uh, protectionism tariffs and of course the weakened unions yeah
1: then you've got the new methods yeah mass yeah. production that's which has an impact on other uh you know we talk about the car industry has an impact on other industries other At products the time, as yeah. well and and yeah. then that would then link into ways that consumerism is yeah. encouraged yes, through yes. Advertising, advertising, higher purchase, purchase, cheap loans.
0: And then I suppose the, the last one is really the financial side of things, is yeah. it? It's the stock market, it's the cheap loans, it's the higher purchase. Yeah.
1: So there's four broad yeah. four broad areas there, isn't there? Background ideas, uh, government policy, employment factors, if you like, including wages, and then there's
0: the... the the financial the, all right here's, here's the kicker then here's the big yeah. question Right? Yeah. do you think it's fair to say that this is a perfect storm that this boom happens mm. only because of all four of those areas yeah. kicking in at the same time or do you think you could take any one of those away and you'd still get the same sort of thing mm.
1: what do you reckon I don't know I, I think mm. you have to say that this there are so many connections
2: yeah between so many factors
1: yeah it is it, you know calling it the perfect storm is a, is a really good way of of illustrating yeah. that it's you know they america wouldn't be in the position to have the boom if it wasn't for the background oh, wow. factors of the yeah. war and the raw materials it wouldn't have been able to achieve a boom if it hadn't been for these new industrial techniques Uh, It wouldn't have been able to then have had a cycle of prosperity if Mm -hmm. there wasn't increased employment, better wages. And then it wouldn't have been sustained if money wasn't so readily available in Mm -hmm. the form of loans and higher purchase credit facilities. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the people in charge the whole time are encouraging it all with their policy. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I think they all rest on each other so strongly that it it is the perfect storm, yeah.
0: I think, I think the one for me that's mm. the bedrock, that's the foundation, probably, is the new techniques. I think if, if that hadn't happened, if you hadn't mm. had that breakthrough mm. of um, the, the new things, you would have still had, I think, quite a lot of prosperity. Because there's no way coming out of the First World War America isn't going to do oh, well no, no. In, no, in, in the world market and yeah. everything. But I, th- I don't think it would have done as well. No. What do we think?
1: I think it's, it's, a good, it's a good call.
2: And I think, but within within the... First World War there's the taking advantage of the uh, Mm. trade deals which would Mm. link into that and like plastics are developed after the First World War and Mm. in this time that's an area that they're allowed to develop in because of uh, the war
1: I'm I'm just trying to think uh, about the cycle of prosperity and how it works so you have you know you can start at any point on it I suppose yeah you've got your increased production yeah which links into increased employment. Yeah. Which links into increased wages. Which links into to increase increased spending. Spending and demand. Yeah. Which goes again to increased production. Yes. Now I think the answer lies somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah. But it's you a chicken in to-
0: the egg kind of scenario. Yeah. You have example. to have the employment for the but when it comes yeah. down to it, this is a, this is a case of spending. Yeah. This doesn't happen if people aren't spending yeah. Yeah. money. But they can't spend it if they don't have it.
2: So they've yeah. got they Yeah, they've got to spend it on something. Yeah. I suppose it is so it is fair to say that this
0: does actually if you were to pinpoint a place where this starts, we're talking about the car industry, aren't we? It's yeah. one of the major yeah. sp- it's sparks it's of the, it. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the spark that sets it off as the proximate cause, if we like. Yeah. Um yeah, that's an interesting one. Anyway, I don't think that
1: you can argue. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can argue. The, the, major, the most important cause of, of the boom in the 20s, I don't think you'll ever no. be able to pin it down to one thing.
0: But that's good, yeah. because in the exam, as long as you can argue, you've got so many there to pick from. Yeah you can make a case for anything and no i can't think of a single question that's going to expect you to trot out all of that no they'll yeah. be based so,
1: on one of these aspects yeah. or there'll be a source which is you know how useful is it and it will be yeah. based on maybe the car industry or yeah. and they just
0: want you 10 to 10 show an awareness yeah. of the others yeah
1: so you need you need is. you need to know them all but uh, you're not going to get something which is going to
0: ask you to regurgitate yeah. everything no not all at the same time anyway. Well, I think that's covered pretty much everything, hasn't it? I think it is. Happy? I think there's yeah, there's one last thing. We've been uh, while we've been recording this, we've been yep. uh, uh, shuffling through papers and everything because when we told you the information on the Fordney-McCumber Act, we weren't exactly precise. Um, as we said, the president could vary the rate, yep. and of the thirty-seven times that the rate was varied, President Harding and his successor Calvin Coolidge raised it thirty-two times. And again, that's something that's worth remembering because that's one of those things that's going to come back and bite them in the tuchus uh, later (laughs) in the 1920s. Yes,
1: when they've overproduced. Yeah. Uh,
0: So thank you very much for listening and good luck in your exams.